Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Carson and Michael Darnowski. Welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland area attorney and sometime Republican strategist, Jay Carson. Here's our Ask the Politics Guys question for this week, Jay. All right, fire away. It comes from Wasan. Uh, currently, uh, he's a student in Palo Alto, California, but originally he's from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So another international question, at least indirectly. Very cool. Yeah, we do have a... International audience, it's nice to know. Um, Anyway, here's his question. Dear politics guys, when it comes to foreign policy, how doomed are we if Bernie Sanders wins? I I love how he phrased that question. You know, it's a great question, and I thought thought we could expand on it by including Bernie Sanders uh, and and the Bernie Sanders of the right, in a sense, Donald Trump in the answer as well, if that's okay with you. Okay. I do, I do, and I I, I do appreciate the implication uh, buried in, inside the question. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Uh, so let's start with Bernie, though, since he's the guy we were asked about uh, initially. So first off, are we are we doomed or at least in trouble if Bernie Sanders wins, uh, if he's if he's the uh, president, Bernie Sanders? What do you think in terms of foreign policy? Oh, we're doomed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the the issue with the Bernie Sanders would be similar to the the foreign policy we've seen with Obama, uh, which is um, sort of I, I don't want to say lackadaisical, uh, but it, but it's the the, the sense of um, uh, very much not uh, pushing for for uh, vigorously for American interests and you know sort of sort of letting someone else as as um, or as Obama himself put it, leading from behind, and that hasn't seemed to work. Uh, I, I'd Ooh. be especially concerned with uh, the situation in Iran and uh, Israel. Uh, I would be concerned if I was, uh, say, for example, uh, Taiwan um, uh, or, or Japan uh, or even South Korea with a Bernie Sanders presidency. Uh, now, I, we've said before that you know the Democrat Party at, at large is, is typically um, – strongish, stronger on, on foreign policy uh, than, say, what Obama is. Uh, but I, I just would have a really, really big concern with uh, Bernie Sanders uh, heading up uh, our foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I guess, the, you know, who would Bernie Sanders secretary of state be? Uh, and just think about that. Oh, for a some I, experience. I, don't, I don't know who it would be, but. Well, uh, I will go. I will, I will completely disagree with you, Jay. In fact, I'm going to say that if I had to pick a candidate to be president for foreign policy on foreign policy alone, I would I would hands down pick Bernie Sanders. Unquestionably mm. pick Bernie Sanders. I'll, in fact, argue that he is the only foreign poly, policy realist in the entire group. And I think he would have the best for it. And, and that sounds weird. I know that sounds unhinged, maybe you think, but but let me explain. Is, yeah. Let me let me explain. I think there are at least two Bernie Sanderses. There may be there may be half a dozen. I don't know. There's the Bernie Sanders that we associate with kind of his traditional stances. He's an idealist. He's a utopian idealist. When it comes to economic policy, domestic policy, that's clearly his strong suit. That's what he cares about more than anything else. And in that sense, I think he has a lot of ideas that are way out there that I think could result in some 
pretty concerning, to say the least, unintended consequences, even though, as we've talked about before, there are some things I really like about what he's saying. But, but putting that aside, on his foreign policy, I think he's pretty clear that he's skeptical of what you might call moral crusades. I think, okay. he, I think he looks at the world and he realizes that this is no longer the sort of world where we can dictate terms to everyone and that we shouldn't get involved in all of these things and we should pull back in some ways. And so I think, I think that America would actually be, in the long run, would be better off and would be safer with a Bernie Sanders foreign policy than the more hawkish foreign policy of a Hillary Clinton and certainly the far more hawkish policy of uh, almost all the Republicans. Now, Donald Trump's a little bit different there, but we can talk about him. We'll talk about him later. Having said that, I'll completely recant in a way, sort of, <laughs> not really, sort of in a way. On the Wednesday things, you're just always all over the place. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a man of many parts too, just like Bernie Sanders. But here's the thing. While I think in general on foreign policy, I am totally a huge, I'm feeling the burn. When it comes to trade policy, I think he is disastrously wrong. You know, yeah, absolutely. But it would that be ties a, in, reenacting protectionist absolutely. Uh, nonsense that would hurt our economy, hurt everyone else's economy. So uh, take take the you know the 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 benefit that we have of having active trading partners. I mean, there's sort of an old saying that you don't go to war with people that you trade with. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, burn up that goodwill. Um, yeah, that that would be, that would be dreadful. So here's what I want. I want Bernie Sanders' foreign policy, except for trade policy, where I want John Kasich's trade policy. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm not, I'm not going to get that. So overall, even since I know that the trade policy comes with the other part of it, and since I am part of that global economic consensus that free trade is a good thing for everyone in the long run. That's why ultimately I have huge problems with Bernie Sanders because I can't separate those two things. And I know that on the foreign policy stuff, he's kind of uh, malleable, but on the trade policy stuff, I don't think he's malleable at all because that fits into his domestic policy agenda. So, so again, I I would say we are kind of doomed. So I'm all over the place. You're right. But what I'm saying, I guess, is there are parts of what he's saying that I like so much but there are parts of what he's saying that I think are just so very, very wrong, which is why I, I feel I feel bipolar about Bernie Sanders, as, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, well, that's I guess that that's maybe a problem with a lot of a lot of his, his uh, supporters. Uh, I mean, I just want to raise the raise the flag quickly. And this is just on the general conservative principle of how we ought to run foreign policy. It's often said, look, we can't be the. The world's policemen. We can't be everywhere. We can't uh, uh, solve every crisis, but there needs to be, I think, uh, some sort of a, a world leader. Um, you know, that a country that, you know, as Reagan said, was the, the shining city on the hill. This is, I mean, you need to have that to have international order. It's it's one of these things, and it sounds sort of Machiavellian, um, but but it's true. If you don't have um, some sort of you know, large global power, I think it leads to more instability and and more trouble. Um, See, I would disagree. So, and I think I think the U.S. is is has been certainly for the last you know at least 50, 60 years uh, been that that uh, that anchor uh, for the the global system. Um, you know, I, I suppose we could step aside and and it could not be us. 
Um, but that's not necessarily a good place to be either. So well, I think that's, we need that's to be... just that's just where I am, and I, I think that we ought to have a a president who recognizes that uh, that that we are sort of uh, the the global leader. And and look, if you want to say world's policeman. Ooh. Maybe sometimes we are. Maybe sometimes we have yeah, to Yeah, I think that's a role that uh, we need to at least be careful about picking our uh, picking our spots, certainly, you know, and that's, that gets into the, the debate between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton keeps on hammering Sanders on the fact that I am the candidate with experience. And Bernie Sanders comes back very rightly, I think, with, yeah, yeah do you want experience or do you want judgment? And, you know, I, he was right about the war in, in, in uh, Iraq. And, you know, he not, no, he's not, not he's, he's not, not reflexive. No, he's not reflexively anti-war. I think Bernie Sanders is better at picking his spots than Hillary Clinton is, although honestly, I don't really know what Hillary Clinton's positions are because they basically seem whichever way the wind blows and whatever's going to be best for the personal power of Hillary Clinton, essentially, which is, again, why I may end up voting for Hillary Clinton. But if I do, I'm going to really be holding my nose to vote for Hillary Clinton. If you project strength uh, in your foreign policy, if you project resolve in your foreign policy, I think you're less likely to have the situations where you have to pick different spots. I, I think I, I think that's and that's that sums it up as as best I can uh, is is if people take you seriously, uh, they're less likely to cause trouble. You're less likely to have to uh, make those decisions about where you weighed in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think your I think your uh, upbringing as an old cold warrior is kind of coming through there. I think the world's a lot more complex place, and that's not to say. I mean, I've gone on record in the past as saying that President Obama's foreign policy has been pretty awful uh, in a lot of ways, but uh, but I don't think that we can get back to that sort of thing where we don't have to pick our spots. I think we do have to be smarter about how we project power and what sort of fights we get into, and we're doing we're trying to do too much in too many places, and as a result, our foreign policy is largely incoherent. I think under President Obama, and and I think when we showed more resolve under President Bush, we had quite possibly the most disastrous foreign policy decision and geez i don't know could it be ever it could be i think oh relax no oh, it's trillions of dollars thousands of lice lost and you're going to say oh relax i don't think well, so well i mean i don't we're, think so we're not going to debate that no 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 well, you're right okay but, no but no i mean we had we had a we had a war that was won and then we uh, uh walked away from it and that's yeah yeah I don't, that's where the disaster took place i see i don't yeah okay. uh, but all right well, let's move on to Trump. yeah okay now about Donald Trump, uh, you know, I think Donald Trump's really interesting because people tend to think that Donald Trump doesn't really have any policy views. I mean, he just kind of says stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. But actually, I think that Donald Trump uh, is very clear on this and has been very consistent on this. Donald Trump wants us to go back to the 19th century when it comes to international uh, international affairs and foreign policy. And he wants to okay. see high tariffs. He wants to see major protectionism. He wants to see kind of uh, America first, iso splendid isolationism. You know, maybe, maybe we don't go Not back to the 19th than century. Bernie Sanders. Well, in some ways, yes, because he also combines that with, uh, well, in spots that we do want to get involved in, we should just We'll go bomb the hell out of them, you know, so, but you're right. I mean, I think pop, they are very similar in that, in that sense, but you know, it's certainly in the trade policy. Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump's trade policies would look very similar and they're similarly awful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that. And that to me, because so much 
comes from the trade policy, stems from that. I mean, I think the most important part of foreign policy actually is trade policy. I'd make that argument. And so well, I agree. I agree. Because yeah. if you if you get the trade policy right, that that decreases you having to, to exactly. rely on military policy. Yeah, if yeah. you're if you're wrong on trade policy, you can be right on everything else, but in the long term, you kind of doom yourself essentially. So that's why I think Donald Trump would be a disaster. But I think he'd be a disaster for a whole bunch of other reasons in terms of foreign policy. Certainly, he is not the sort of person you can see. Uh, Having the certain, I guess you could call it delicacy, not that uh, people certainly don't vote for Donald Trump because of his delicacy, but, you know, I think he it's pretty clear Donald Trump thinks that America's gotten the raw deal from uh, the international order that we've had since World War II. He feels mm-hmm. that we're holding up our allies and they're not paying us back sufficiently. So we made a bad deal. You know, Japan should be paying us. South Korea should be paying us. Everyone in Europe, in Western Europe should be paying us because we've provided this protection. And we're getting a raw deal. I, I don't. What, what do you think about that, Jay? So, in other words, I guess he's saying we should be the world's police. If we're going to be the world's policemen, we better get a good return on investment for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think again, it's it's just wrong to to go down that path. Yeah, we've been uh, expending a whole lot of resources that Western Europe didn't have to uh, in order to protect it throughout the Cold War. Um, we spend probably a lot of money uh, protecting our interests in Asia, uh, in South Korea and Japan that uh, look, are, are those to some extent, I don't want to say subsidizing um, those governments. Uh, yeah, they are maybe a little bit, but what we're getting in return is, is the sphere of influence. And I, I mm-hmm. think again, like mm-hmm. I said, that's, that's where I am. I think we ought to have that. Um, our investments in uh, Europe I think paid off dramatically. Yeah, and I think uh, it's hard and to not. I mean, in 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 a whole lot of different ways. Um, you know, if we're talking from you know post-war on, uh, look, Europe could have it had not had it not been for the Marshall Plan, Europe could be in a could have been in a whole uh, you know terrible yeah. terrible shape. Stability is good for everyone. Uh, yeah, stability is good for everyone. Uh, it it uh, keeps the commies out. Um, which again, yeah, look, I'm an old cold warrior and and. Uh, that's that's the way I that's the way I see it. But but those investments that we made uh, back then in the immediate post-war era and throughout that time, uh, that led eventually to the, the the victory in the Cold War and the collapse of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's that's sort of the same goes for uh, if we we see victory uh, to the extent however we, we define it uh, in the Pacific. Uh, you know, for, you know, eventually maybe a, a collapse of the North Korean regime, uh, uh, moderation uh, from China, that sort of thing. It will also be because of those investments we made uh, in, in helping those mm-hmm. countries and expanding our sphere of influence. Yeah, and, and I think it's a lot harder to directly measure that sort of thing, which is why Trump's message maybe is resonating. But also, you know, it's important to point out that while free trade, you and I agree that free trade helps everyone in the long run. In the short run, some people are disadvantaged, and there are clearly a lot of Americans who in the short run have been disadvantaged by this, and I think those are the people who, you know, the people who've lost the jobs as as that sort of manufacturing has shifted in many ways. Those are the people who I think are very responsive to Trump. You know, there's a reason why he gets most of his support from people with high school educations or less. You know, these are the people who are feeling the pain of this the most, and right. telling those people, well, 
just wait 20, 30 years and it's all going to kind of balance out. And, you know, that's not necessarily a really a message that people can get behind. And I get that, you know, and I, so I don't have a problem with Trump voters. I, and I certainly hope that, you know, no well, one thinks I, that I, I think, I think the, the mess, no, the message would be though, that the medicine that, that, uh, Trump is proposing would be, would be worse than, uh, yeah. uh, just, just sort of letting it run its course right. and things, things work out. But I mean, I, I think, yeah, a protectionist foreign policy is going to create more job losses, yeah. and it's going to uh, disproportionately impact uh, those very Trump voters that you just described. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one one person uh, suggested that Trump is actually reminiscent of an earlier character in American politics, uh, Charles Lindbergh. Uh, now, you, I know you know mm. the history behind this. Of course, Lindbergh was a was a very much a, an isolationist. Not only that, but just like Trump, Lindbergh was a big fan of sort of strongman dictator type folks. You know, Trump has said some very nice things about Vladimir Putin. He said yeah. some things, uh, you know, Lindbergh was, of course, a big fan of, am I going to, am I going to bring in a Nazi thing? Yes, I am, you know, uh, but he was a big fan of Germany in the lead up to yeah. World War II. And, you know, of course. And well, I think we, in fairness to Lindbergh, I don't know what we say as a fan of Hitler. He did meet Hitler uh, and went over there. There was some question uh, as I think historians debate was perhaps Lindbergh doing that as, as part of uh, for or for our government to to obtain intelligence, wow, okay. which is a really kind fascinating of, story. But yeah. Yeah. It, regardless, I, I think to say he's an isolationist uh, to say that he appreciated the, um, the the strongman type version of politics. I, I think that's all very accurate. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's interesting because Trump certainly likes the idea of stability, but he doesn't seem to have a problem with stability that's obtained through like, like a Putin's Russian sort, Russia sort of thing, you know, and he's, he, of course, he's had those exchanges where people in the media have pointed out, well, you know, that stability has come at the cost of some pretty, you know, some pretty se severe problems in Russia's economy. And the fact that, oh, Putin just seems to not have a problem with killing foreign journalists whenever, or, or Russian journalists, whenever they, you know, or anyone really, whenever they right. have a problem. Or invading with neighboring countries. Yeah. And, and Trump just seems to say, well, you know, all these things happen. You got to break a few you eggs or something, you know, it, it, yeah. and so that's, that's the sort of thing that, you know, just makes me nuts about uh, Donald Trump and why I think that while in the end, both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump would have really, really disastrous foreign policies. As usual, I think it's hard to find someone worse than Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, my other issue with Donald Trump is uh, when we talk about the head of government, head of state type thing, uh, I, I think he does not project uh, you know, the best of America. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he sort of falls into the, the stereotype of what I imagine most of the world thinks of sort of the, yeah. the loud, vulgar, uh, American. That, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that, that I think just doesn't, doesn't help us. Um, does not do us any good. People complain about Bush being a, uh, you know, the Texan cowboy and so forth. Uh, I think, uh, uh Trump yeah. is, is worse. I, I, I think, Bush probably, you know, did have sort of a personal charm with a lot of these people when he, when you met them that could allay that. Uh, and I think Trump probably has has the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more you get to know him, the less you like him. Definitely. Um, and, and I think that's that's not good uh, for a reflection of uh, our nation. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, I think we answered we answered that question reasonably well. Would you say? I think so. Yeah, okay then. Well, then that's it for this episode of Ask the Politics Guys. Thanks everyone for listening. If you have any oh, Can I add one more thing? Please do. Well, uh I would say uh Philip Roth's book, The Plot Against America, uh is a a uh, sort of uh a historical fictionalization of what if 
what if Lindbergh uh, had run for president? Oh yeah, that's right. I remember. And it's that really and it is it just because just we, we happen to mention it, um, but it's a really cool book, and it's really cool in that it gets into um, really the the sort the, of disturbing the nuts and bolts yeah. of yeah of of, uh, of fascism um, and of, of that kind of kind of government and you know how how that would look uh, in America. But anyway, it's. For people who sometimes we get the questions of, of uh, book lists, and again, it's it's a it novel is, fictionalization, but it's but it's interesting and fun, and people might like it. I, I want to mention plot, plot against America. Absolutely, I, I want to mention that we actually are going to develop a book list and some other things. Uh, haven't had quite the time to put that together. We both have day jobs. Uh, Probably people are saying, well, that's a good thing, but uh, that 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 will come in the next couple of weeks. I hope we're going to get some of that up and. Uh, the plot against America. We will try to put that on our recommended reading list. So absolutely, but we can we can sum it up quickly. I think in saying fascist America would be a bad thing, right, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad thing, bad thing. Okay, just so we're clear on that. Anyway, so yeah, if you have any questions or for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, criticisms, we would absolutely love to hear from you. And we we've been hearing from a lot of you, and it's great. We really appreciate it. You can reach us at our email. That's politicsguys at gmail.com. That's politicsguys, one word, gmail.com, or through our Facebook page. Or Jay and I post and comment on news articles throughout the week and where you can comment to or message us. And that's facebook.com slash page. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please, uh, if you could, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate the show and write a quick review. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Ask the Politics Guys. We hope you'll join us.